Hello and thank you for tuning in to Search for Truth. This is your Bible study radio program. If you've been following this series, you'll know we're considering five dimensions of the love of God and today we've reached our fifth and final talk in this series and the talk today is about God's conditional love for Christian believers. So now I'll let Brian tell us more. Thanks John. I've heard it said, and I'm sure you have too, that God's love is unconditional. Sometimes in a counselling context, someone assessed as an overcommitted workaholic may be told that even if he or she were to lie on the floor of the church building for a month, instead of following their usual frantic schedule, then they should realise that God would love them just as much. It's always worth clarifying biblically that no believer, no true believer on the Lord Jesus can ever lose his or her salvation. We have ultimate security in God's love mediated through Christ and his cross. The end of Romans chapter 8 makes that abundantly plain. Who will separate us from the love of Christ, it asks? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it is written, For your sake we are being put to death all day long, We were considered a sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. However, in this series of studies, we've been covering five different dimensions of God's love. Putting that in another way, we've been studying God's love in five different contexts. God's love for his son, God's love for creation, God's love for the world, and God's love for his children have all occupied our attention. We've noted certain distinctive features in all these categories. For example, in the context of one category, God loves everybody the same. But that doesn't apply across the board. Lastly, we want to consider a conditional aspect of God's love. Now, when we were last thinking of Christ's love for his church, we were certainly thinking of unconditional love, a love from which nothing can separate us, no matter how we respond to the trials of life. While we acknowledge that's true, we're moving on now to explore a context where God's love is described as being conditional. Jude says in Jude 1.20, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Clearly, this is something we are held responsible for. It's something we must do. We must keep ourselves in God's love. As if to reinforce it, The Lord had earlier said directly to his disciples in John chapter 15, Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. In John chapter 15, in the vine and branches metaphor, we see how just as the branch grows through its connection with the vine, so we grow because of our connection with Christ. Also, a branch is nothing apart from the vine, and similarly, we can do nothing apart from him. A branch draws strength from the vine, and we become strong 
through him, through Christ. In this picture or metaphor of John chapter 15, Christ is the vine and the Father is the vine dresser. He prunes the fruit-bearing branches to make them bear more fruit. He removes the fruitless branches and they are burned. Through continual pruning, the fruitfulness of the vine is increased. The branches that abide in the vine grow and bear fruit, and the Father lovingly tends them. Some think that only the branches that remain or abide in the true vine represent those who are genuinely saved. They say the branches that don't remain are people who pretend to be Christians but have no real connection to Christ. In other words, they say the removed branches were mere professors. But that is to misunderstand this beautiful picture. Many totally genuine believers, sadly, grow cold in their love for the Lord. In his famous parable of the sower, the Lord spoke of categories of true believers whose hearts he likened to either rocky ground or thorny ground. These represent truly genuine Christians whose lives sadly proved shallow or became overcrowded with other temporal things such that they never brought much fruit to God's glory. However, as we have shown in another series of talks, it's a serious misreading of the Bible to think that someone who has received God's gracious gift of salvation can ever lose it. Yet others, who do also accept eternal security, conclude that if a person falls away from faithful discipleship, this reveals that they were never a true Christian at any time. While this is trying to defend the biblical truth of eternal security in Christ, it commits another error. A plain reading of the Bible, for example in Hebrews chapter 6, shows that a true believer can fall away. But we misread our Bible if we say it's a falling away from Christ and from salvation. It's not. Rather, God's Word teaches us that we are saved for a purpose. We are saved not so that we can do as we please, but so that we can honour God with our lives by serving His Son as we live according to the Bible's instructions for Christian service. The Lord, when He left this world, left behind in His teaching an original mould which He intended to shape all Christian service for all time. The Bible tells us that quite clearly in Romans chapter 6 and verse 17. There's a mould or form or pattern of teaching that was given by the Lord through his apostles and this comes down to us on the written pages of our Bible. It's God's command and expectation that we obey this prescription for serving him. But the world around us influences us to consider it outdated or only advisory. The result is that many true Christians fall away from following this biblical pattern of teaching. This, in context, is the falling away the Bible speaks about. It's a falling away from service and not at all from salvation, which is impossible. In Revelation chapter 2, the Lord's message to the church of God at Ephesus was that their hearts had grown cold and they'd fallen away from their first love. Such a falling away from love would be reflected in a falling away from keeping the Lord's commandments because we show our love by our obedience. If our love wanes, our obedience will be the first thing to suffer. But let's be positive again. How can we avoid such a falling away from loving obedience to the Lord? It's by daily enjoying our contact time with the Lord 
who directs our service. We maintain our loving obedience by practical communion, delighting to be in his presence through time spent with him in Bible reading, meditation, prayer and praise. And these all belong together. They flow one into another. In our life as a believer, we simply must cultivate an attitude of dependence on Christ. That's the picture of the branch in the vine, even as it draws all its resources from the vine. Independence is the way to ineffectiveness. By ourselves, without him, we can do nothing. The Lord who died to save us and for whose glory we live desires to spend time with us each day. Isn't that amazing? He appeals, remain in my love. And he personalises it by telling us that through obeying all his Father's commands, he kept himself in his Father's love. How can we begin to understand this? Perhaps we're Christian parents. Imagine then the heartache of discovering a son or daughter wasting their lives by drug abuse. Perhaps before this took place, they'd a happy marriage, a family and a home. And we loved every minute of the time we spent with them, laughing at the meal table and enjoying fun activities on summer vacations. But then it all changed somehow, whether by drug use or some extramarital affair or whatever. Something shattered the picture. Now there's a real sense in which we still love our son or daughter. But those happy, love-filled earlier days are gone. There's a distance now between us that wasn't there before. In a similar way, sin stops us actively remaining in God's love. In Ephesians chapter 3, as Paul prays for those in the church of God there, one reason for requesting that they might be spiritually empowered, he says, is so that they might grasp the limitless dimensions of Christ's love. Paul's prayer is asking that they, and we, might grasp the dimensions of Christ's love in our experience. We can't be as emotionally or spiritually mature as we ought to be unless we're supernaturally empowered to grasp the length and breadth and height and depth of Christ's love. We need the Spirit's power to help us grasp it and so to peel away our self-centeredness in order that we might reach maturity and become fully the person that God wants us to be. And may we even now come to live as Christians with a real sense of God settling us down in his love, even as he exults over us with loud singing, as Zephaniah 3 and 17 puts it.
Okay, now this is the last time I'll mention the free transcripts booklet for this series. It's free to receive, and if you'd like one or more than one for group Bible study or to pass on to friends, make sure to let us have your postal address and ask for the title God's Five Loves. And uh, if you prefer, you can download our booklets via the internet or you can order by email or by post. So first, I'll give you the postal address. Search for Truth, Church of God, Downing Drive, Leicester, LE5 6LN UK. And now here's our email address, sft at churchesofgod.info. If you prefer, you can download audio MP3 versions of some past programmes or you can listen to more again via the podcast player uh, on your computer. Go to www.searchfortruth.org.uk This is our church website where you can also access additional helpful material. Now, some titles of Search for Truth booklets are also available at amazon.co.uk forward slash Kindle ebooks. Just type Search for Truth series into the search box and there you'll find a growing list of transcript booklets from previous programmes. So thanks for being with us today. It's been great to have your company. And next week, we see the start of a new six-week series of Gospel Talks. Please join us if you can. You might also find the next booklet useful to pass on to non-Christian friends. So till next time, it's very best wishes from Bible teacher Brian, studio technician David, our singers and me, John. So goodbye and may God richly bless you.